0: Hey everybody, this is Matt Fendora, and you're listening to the Choose to Live, Love, and Grow podcast. The show that provides tools and insights to help you become the best version of yourself, focusing on mind, body, heart, and spirit. Without further ado, let's begin. Welcome back to the Choose to Live, Love, and Grow podcast, the podcast all about being the best version of yourself through mind, body, heart, and spirit. Today, we are here with Deanne Marie Piscera. Deanne is a multifaceted entrepreneur, the founder of DMC Strategy. Immigrating from Italy with her mom at nine years old has given Deanne the grit and resilience to start multiple businesses. She is creating her very own American dream and breaking through the generational cycle. She helps entrepreneurs elevate and expand their brands through thoughtful digital and social media marketing so they can focus on what's truly important to them, their work. With an MBA degree in marketing and international business from the LaPenta School of Business, Deanne has the knowledge to create and market brands. Deanne combines her corporate knowledge from working at one of the most popular personal care brands, her MBA level of education, and her insights from her entrepreneurial journey and pours it into DMC strategy. Some of her proudest accomplishments include building her personal brand on Instagram and LinkedIn and launching her podcast, Passport to Thrive. Without further ado, here's Deanne. How are you doing today, Deanne? Hi.
1: Good. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me tonight.
0: I'm so excited to learn from you. I've, I've, I I've, mean, we've been friends on LinkedIn for a while and I follow all of yes. your stuff. I feel like one question I do want to ask is where did you get the idea on LinkedIn for the Lemon
1: Okay, so the lemon, let me backtrack. It started from my um, personal brand on Instagram, Simply Signorina. And the whole my whole branding is very Italian. I'm Italian originally from Italy. And I am obsessed with anything that is a lemon print, anything that has like a tile print that reminds me of like an Amalfi Coast vibe. And I wanted to keep the branding consistent, even on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. And at first, I didn't have the lemon. And then I said, hey, you know what? I'm adding the lemon. It's going to help me stand out anyway. And it also just created consistency with my Instagram page. And honestly, it's who I am. If you see anything like from my my phone case to my notebook, everything is lemon print.
0: That's awesome. (laughs) So, Uh, Can you tell us more about the decision uh, that you were involved in when you immigrated from Italy to the U.S. at age nine?
1: Yes. So my mom and I moved to the United States when I was nine years old. She raised me as a single mom. We actually moved here because my parents were getting a divorce at the time. So a lot of people moved to this country for economic reasons. For us, it was just a little bit of a different story. Um, But I do think that this country has a lot to offer. And that's why I always say I'm creating my own American dream.
0: Awesome. So as a young girl, how do you think that affected you?
1: So it affected me in different ways. The first way that I would say is I didn't know English. So I came to a new country. I had no friends. And I really didn't have any way of communicating And when I was a student, like in elementary school in Italy, I was always one of the best students in class and genuinely like loved school. I loved going to school, loved reading. I love I just loved being in a school environment, but I I was also good at it. So then when I came to the U.S., it was also kind of hard for me to watch kind of like my grades drop or not be kind of towards the top of the class anymore Mm -hmm. Um, so in a way, I also became a little bit more shy and reserved because I was always kind of being like a spectator, I was looking at other people do well, other people have had like fancy projects for science fair, and I didn't have that just because my family and I were just trying to figure it all out. Um, and so it was a different. It was just a different perspective, a different way of doing things. I just wasn't used to that. And I think that played a role on why I was pretty much shy in high school and also middle school. I think I was just carrying that from elementary school. And I don't know if I didn't move here, if that would have really been a part of who I was.
0: So how did you start learning English then?
1: So they put me in ESL classes. So basically how that worked is all my electives, I wouldn't have electives other than gym. I hated gym, so I wished I had an ESL during gym. But anyway, I had a gym and I had the rest of the core classes, but I wouldn't be able to take like an art class or a music class. I would simply like go to my ESL class and we would focus on learning English and the other thing that I would say helped me a lot is reading. I always loved reading. I read, you know, I was an avid reader when I lived in Italy. I still love reading self-development books now. Um, but I think just reading a lot had also helped me out when I was learning English. And that's why, like, I always look at books. I was obsessed with the Nancy Drew series. So every time I look, I see a yellow cover with Nancy Drew, I think, well, these books taught me English pretty much.
0: Do you think that that journey of the constant change is what impacted you to become an entrepreneur?
1: I think so. I think when you're an immigrant, I think part of it is you have a lot of the traits that are essential in entrepreneurship. And I always say this because. I I find a lot of correlation between an immigrant mindset and entrepreneurial mindset, you have to be scrappy, you have to kind of work with what you have, who you know, and just work with the resources that you have, you have to be very resourceful. And I think that's something that from an immigrant that is part of your mindset, because you do have to be resourceful with who you know, what you know, and entrepreneurship is pretty much the same thing. And the other thing I always say is being an entrepreneurship, you have this sense of responsibility because you are pretty much responsible. If you're not successful, then it's kind of like, well, why did we move to this country for? So you have Mm -hmm. this sense of duty and responsibility, not only to future generations, but also to past generations, because you understand and you see the sacrifices that other people have made for you to have a better future. And you also want to make sure that future generations are benefiting from that sacrifice. So I think that those are both traits that you can find in immigrants and also that are needed um, for entrepreneurs. Do
0: you think that there was something that was Hard for you to translate from your, your childhood or anything to the entrepreneur spirit?
1: Yes, I think part of it is coming out of my shell, which is, it's mm. funny. I actually talked about it on my post today on LinkedIn, but I think it's something that I guess a lot of people deal with, but it's just coming out of my shell and not be so shy and not overthink things. I think a lot of it is. Um, and I think this is relatable for a lot of people, you get inside, you get in your own head, and you start to just second guess and think, oh, this isn't good enough. I'm not good enough. You, you know, you start dealing with all those thoughts. And I think for me, that was pretty much the hardest thing to do. Um, I mean, I never thought I would, I have my own podcast or be be a guest on someone else's podcast, just because the thought of me speaking just terrified me. Mm -hmm. Um, The fact, just the thought of me even going to a networking event by myself without knowing anybody is terrifying, Mm -hmm. but I've done it. But I think these are all things that at first seemed impossible and seemed something like I would never even want to do. So I think for me, that has definitely been the hardest thing.
0: So how did you, how did you overcome that?
1: So I, after, when i first started my instagram page i basically second guessed myself for a couple of years and then what actually kind of brought me to the point that i said okay i have to do this is the fact that i kept seeing other people who i knew like wouldn't didn't have the experience that i did if it came to business or just didn't have the capabilities that i could have And we're doing things that I wanted to do. And that just made me very angry. And it honestly made me angry with myself. And that pretty much led me to the point to say, okay, well, it's not their fault. It's my fault. And if I don't do this, it's only going to build up. And I'm only going to get even more angry with myself. And I'm going to resent myself for not doing this. So it's either I do it and it is what it is. It's probably not going to be good at first, but it's something that you have to improve um, with time and experience. Or I just have to say, okay, I've decided not to go forward with this, but I just have to make my peace with it.
0: Do you see that in the people that you work with when it comes to branding? Do you see essentially the imposter syndrome? Do you see that in them as well?
1: Yes, I see that a lot. A lot of people are definitely more shy. They're not comfortable a lot of times posting a lot on social media. And that's why I think LinkedIn is a great resource because a lot of times people feel a little bit more comfortable on linkedin in a way because it's a more professional setting mm-hmm. and they feel like their work is taking up uh, taken a little bit more seriously so i do see that a little bit and then on the other hand i see people that don't feel comfortable posting on linkedin because it's more professional so it's interesting to see both sides of it but i see this a lot a lot of people don't feel comfortable with it And I always say, like baby steps, like give yourself a goal and say, okay, I'm doing this maybe once a week. I'm going to post a talking video and just build upon that. Because if you're giving yourself a goal, say, okay, I'm posting a video every single day, then most likely you're not going to end up doing it because it's a lot. So I say, start small. And then when you start building up the momentum, when you start feeling a little bit more confident and comfortable doing it, then say, okay, I did this once a week, you know, maybe I'm going to try twice a week and see how that goes. Because a lot of times I see people kind of set these goals and say, okay, I'm posting five times a week, and maybe that they do it for one week, but then it gets to be too much. And then they just kind of stop and say, okay, this isn't for me and stop altogether.
0: So how do you help somebody? let's say in this instant, they want to create videos, but they have the limiting belief of they don't want to be on camera. How do they, how do you help those individuals get through whether that's the the fear of being on camera or another strategy?
1: So I always try to, t- I always say my story. I tell them my story. When I first started, I hated being on camera. I hated talking on camera. I was okay with photos, but the video thing, I was not comfortable. And I tell them all the time, you just got to do it, do it once. And then if it's a client that I'm, that we're taking over their Instagram, we're editing the video. So I say, don't worry. Like my videos, when I first take them, they're not great. They're nothing amazing, but then you edit them and it helps give it a little bit of life. And And I always say like, scroll on social media, like most people's videos aren't, that amazing unless you are really like pouring a lot of money on mm-hmm. but it's a lot of times it's just you just got to try it out and i say so like start small like okay if you're not comfortable being on video and we're doing three posts a week make one post the video but like tr- do try it out and then most of the time most of the clients are kind of like okay that wasn't bad so it does help them but i think it's just taking something that seems so scary and just kind of like talking them through it and say, okay, instead of doing three videos a week, we're just going to do one because, you know, we're getting, we're getting you kind of like prepared for it. And that always helps. If not, then if they're really against it, then I say, pick something that um, looks pretty without showing your face. For example, my page is very travel inspired. So if, for example, pick, I would, Say like, okay, I'm going to post like a beautiful beach that I want to. And um, that could be another way of posting a video with good content without actually not having my face on there. But I do say, I'll tell you right off the bat that your face is going to perform, your video with your face on it is going to perform a lot better than just a plain video that looks pretty. So Uh I do say that, like, we can go down that route, but just so you know, your video could be performing better if it actually, if, because people want to see other people. Mm -hmm. So I always say, like, we could do it this way, but just to let you know, it would do a lot better if you chose your face. Mm
0: -hmm. I think that showing your face gives you more of a connection with the person that is sharing their story. You can actually connect. And it's not like, oh, hey, here's this cool thing I'm watching or listening to.
1: Exactly. Absolutely.
0: So on the flip side, what if that person who's making a video is more of a perfectionist? How do you deal with that type of person?
1: So I used to be that person. So (laughs) Um, and sometimes I still am. But I think it's you got it, like you can edit it and you can perfect it. And like, no matter what, it's not going to be perfect, because your version of perfect is not my version of perfect. It's not someone else's version of perfect. And this is where social media can be really tricky, because you're always thinking, oh, what is someone that I know, family, friends, people that I went to high school with, like, what are they going to think when I when they see that I posted this, you know, and everyone's going to have their own opinion at the end of the day. And I just say like you just kind of have to let go because if you're going to keep thinking about what everybody else is thinking of you, you're not going to do anything and you're ultimately not going to be happy because you're so worried, worried and caught up with what you think other people are thinking of you.
0: What are three tips you could give somebody who wants to start making videos more often?
1: Okay, so three tips. I would say one thing that really has helped me is to plan it out, especially in the beginning. Um, Even if you have to script something and literally type it out at first for the first couple of times, it's just, it's so much easier to do it this way. And it helps to kind of break that um awkwardness because you're not like, oh, I don't know what to say. You know, you have it scripted out and it's easier to just get through it um so that has definitely helped me and that's something that I also do for clients if we are doing their social media I script out the video so at least the beginning and the end I I'm telling them how to end and to begin their video then like their middle like you know they could take they can talk about whatever industry they're in but at least like I help them script them out and that just makes it easier because it feels like they have a clear plan with what they're supposed to say, what they want to say. And they're not thinking, oh, I forgot to do this. I forgot to say this. So it does help to be a little bit more prepared. The other tip I will say is to batch your content. And I know this is something that is highly talked about in social media, but a, it is such a time saver and b, like, it's just you're ready, you know, okay, I am, if I'm recording four videos, let's say I post one video a week, and I say, okay, I want to record my videos for the month of December. So I need to record four reels. So first, I'm going to script them out. And then I'm setting out an hour of my day. And so and that's it, I'm just recording these four videos. And then you're kind of just done. And it's just it's so freeing when you're done recording them because you feel like you were so productive okay I got all these Mm -hmm. videos done like I'm set so I think batching the content just makes everything a lot easier also like if you're getting ready you have to do your hair your makeup all of that you just do it once instead of maybe having to record multiple times a week or you know just multiple times a month it depends Mm -hmm. also how, how much content you're posting but it does help a little bit to batch your content
0: do you have a recommendation for how much content you should be creating per week or posting
1: so obviously the more you put in to something the more you're going to get out of it usually what i do just i post four times a week on linkedin and four to five times on instagram typically that's how i do do it um that's pretty much it i think five times is great i mean i think seven times is excessive in my opinion and you also just want to take a break so typically my um my weekends if i'm posting on instagram stories it's very lighthearted. um it's whatever i'm doing that weekend if you know that but I don't typically don't post a lot on weekends just because it's my time to spend with my family, um, to go on a hike, to do something a little bit different. And after once when you work, especially in marketing and social media, and you're always on your phone, always on your computer, you really like – I love having those breaks and those detoxes. So especially mm-hmm. on a Sunday, it's for me like I just – it's not, it's not something that I'm on a lot, to be honest.
0: Mm -hmm. So outside of going on a hike, how else do you detox from social media?
1: Okay. So I, I'm really into working out. So I love working out. I love going on walks and hikes, but I love, I just, I love working out. And one thing that I have is when I'm working out, I'm not on social media. Like that is my time to work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also do love reading. Um, I love reading my self development books and my business books, which is why I always connect with your content on LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love reading, and t- that I typically do that before I go to bed. So it's kind of like my time to unwind, read my book, then I mm-hmm. do my journaling. Um, so those are all things that um, I love doing. That I also don't require for me to be on my phone and i also just try to especially like if i'm like with my fiance or whatever like if we're together we're not really on our phones that much because we value like our quality time Mm -hmm. so if we go walking we're not just like aimlessly scrolling on social media like we're actually just like talking and you know like spending quality time together
0: Mm -hmm. how long have you been journaling for
1: So I actually had a journal when I was a kid, Uh which it's very random, but I always loved journaling. Like I have basically my old journal entries were in Italian because I didn't speak English, Mm -hmm. but I always had a journal. I always thought it was fascinating to like leave like a legacy, I guess. Hmm. I always, which is very weird because I was a fourth, fifth grader. I don't, I was, I always say I was such an old soul, but I really did. And I, I would journal and just write. And like, sometimes I look back and I'm like, what, you know, they're funny because it's coming from like a 10 year old. Yeah. Um, but I always do love journaling, especially one thing that I always love is If I go on vacation or something like really amazing happens, I love to journal the details because I always think, okay, well, what if I forget this, you know? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, well, I don't want to forget this because this was such an amazing day. This was such an amazing trip that I just want to jot down the details that if I do forget it, then I have something to come back to. And then, so that's pretty much how I used to use journaling. Now I do a little bit of that, but I also do more of like gratitude and affirmations. That's kind of my everyday-ish routine. And then um I'll use more of like my regular journaling if something amazing happens or if I'm feeling like a little blah and just need to write down like all my thoughts and I kind of journal like that. But um in the evening, I just do like a gratitude list of like everything that went on in the day that, you know, um and it just it helps me put things in perspective Mm -hmm. because a lot of times like you you feel like you're living the same day over and over again but then when you write down all the things that like you're grateful for but like very specific so not like I'm grateful for I don't know my health yeah yes I'm grateful for my health but Mm -hmm. maybe something a little bit more specific so it like makes it feel a little bit more um unique for that day for example like if i had a really conversation with someone like i might write like i'm thankful for this conversation that i had because you know this is a new person that i met and we really connected whatnot so i think when you make it really specific it just makes it a little bit more real and just like tangible
0: so journaling is extremely valuable for people who are working on their mental health and their mindfulness. But I know that it can be a real struggle to start journaling. So do you have any recommendations for somebody who doesn't know how to journal, but they have the desire to start journaling? How can they start habitually journaling?
1: So I typically do this at night. A lot of people do it in the morning, but my morning routine is more – I'm very much a morning person. So morning, I am active. I am, like, out of the house to the gym. So I do this at night when I'm a little bit more calm. Um, But I would say I feel like there's so many journal prompts out there, like, that you can use – and also just kind of what helps helped me is different podcasts, which actually like that was my inspiration to start my own. And I feel like there's so many podcasts that talk about like journaling, the benefits of journaling and finding like a podcast that also like suits you and kind of your mm-hmm. personality and then find how they journal. A lot of times that helps me. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's all, it's just finding the right prompt for you because a lot of people, which is where I see the struggle, don't want to journal because they think it's like very like spiritual wooish, you know, and they're very Mm -hmm. logical, Mm -hmm. but I think there's ways to do it with, with people that are also logical, you know, Mm
0: -hmm. I think, uh, a lot of people who are so focused on like the critical side or the logical side of the brain don't understand the value that journaling has because Mm -hmm. that journaling actually inspires your creativity. One thing I mentioned, um, I was talking to somebody and I read that people who just focus on nonfiction books are so like, they get overwhelmed with the amount of knowledge. But when you add in like a fiction book randomly in there, you're actually inspiring your creativity, and not just focused on your critical thinking.
1: I need to add that in because I, I honestly, I can't even tell you last time I read a nonfiction book, all my books are very much self development. I mean, last time I read a fiction book, all my books are very like, Self-development, business, marketing, but I can't tell you last time I read like an actual novel mm-hmm. that was lighthearted. It was definitely a couple of years ago.
0: Do you have a top three favorite books?
1: I feel it's funny because I always get asked this question. And I let me say, I'm gonna cheat. I'm gonna go on my good reads because, <laughs> because I always yeah. I'm excited. I am reading. Right now, I'll tell you what I'm reading right now, and this one I like a lot. This one is the greatest, the greatness mindset, unlock the power of your mind and live your best life today by Lewis Hose. And this one I love. Um, let me see what else. Which ones I read? I set myself a reading challenge. Atomic Habits. This mm. one was another great one. That's really good. Then this year I read a lot of books that were by Benjamin Hardy and I loved all of his books. Um, talent is overrated. What really separates um world class performers? This was by Geoff Calvin. This one was good. I'm trying to think of which other ones that I loved. There was another one. This one was I'm trying to think. There was one that I really liked. It was a little bit more, um. Spiritual. Where is that? Oh, it was called When God Wings At You. I loved this one, but it was a little bit more um spiritual Mm -hmm. and religious. But I really did love that one. But it also had a very self-development aspect to it. Yeah.
0: So it's funny because the book I'm reading is also the greatness mindset. I just I have I've been so busy. I haven't gotten back into it, which it yeah, it is a phenomenal book. Great book. Ironically enough. Um, if I have book recommendations, one of the two books is Atomic Habits. Love it's, that book! It's it's such a foundational piece for anybody who's actually just trying to level up. And then yeah. my, my second one that I always um, recommend is Limitless by Jim Quick.
1: I don't think I read that one.
0: So it's all about the brain. Like he's like a brain coach. Mm-hmm. All about the brain. He talks about speed reading, which you actually like recognize going through the You're like, Oh, wow. Like just two tips that he gives and you're already immediately reading faster because you didn't realize what you were actually slowing yourself down.
1: Oh, I have to read that one. I don't think i read that one. It's limitless.
0: Yes. By Jim quick. K W I K.
1: Okay. I just added that on my app right now.
0: Do you think that you still suffer, suffer from imposter syndrome now? That the same one in it or maybe in a more advanced way than you did as a kid
1: i think and i always say I'm like, when is this over when do you stop feeling the imposter syndrome i think you're always going to feel some kind of imposter syndrome it's just a matter of how you deal with it and learning to really first of all identify it that yeah. i feel like that's kind of like step one and just I just identifying when is the imposter syndrome kicking in, and something that has helped me is actually journaling. Because whenever I have those days that I feel like, okay, I'm not good enough. Who am I to do this? Who am I to um make these kind of posts? Whatever, whenever like these kinds of thoughts just kind of like go through my head, I either journal or I just kind of like exit the app and say, okay, I'm not doing this now because or especially if I'm filming, if I'm filming content, and I'm just not feeling it, I just don't do it. Because then it's just, it's not going to flow well. And it's only going to make me upset and get angry. So then I just don't do it. But journaling really has helped me out. Because then I can start to journal through like my thoughts and understand, okay, where's this stemming from? what happened today that maybe like triggered this, like where is this coming from today? Because maybe, you know, a lot of times like one day you're doing great, like you feel confident, awesome. But then the next day you're kind of a little bit like down on yourself. So I'm so I think, okay, well, what's the what changed between yesterday that I was feeling good about myself and then today that I'm going through this imposter syndrome. So that's why I think journaling really does help help me because you can kind of like journal through your Thoughts And a lot of times just like, even, again, like taking like an hour or something to do do another task. Maybe today like recording isn't the thing you should be doing, but maybe you could do something that doesn't take that much creativity. Maybe you could do mm-hmm. something that's a little bit more analytical that still needs to get done. Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of like working with the energy, working with your energy and how you feel and say, okay, you know what, I'm going to record tomorrow um, but I'm going to do the task that I'm supposed to do tomorrow, do today. So, if you have that kind of flexibility, you know, a lot sometimes you just have to deal with it. But if you have that flexibility, it's good to kind of like play with your energy and figure out okay, when is it best for me to do these kind of like more creative tasks?
0: For a lot of times, I've definitely had limiting beliefs that like made me really think about imposter syndrome. And the book we were just talking about, The Greatness Mindset, actually had two things that I always go back to that's actually helped me overcome my own imposter syndrome. And one, which I mentioned to you, was the the perfect day itinerary. So Mm -hmm. once I actually wrote that down, I just imagined my life five years from now. And Mm -hmm. I put down in order, like times, like at this time, I'd be doing this, this time I'd be doing this. And then when I looked at it, I was like, wow, right now I'm not really doing anything of that right now. And if I want to get there, I have to do these things that are really hard in order to make this happen. So it kind of became my why channeling me from today to five years from now.
1: It's funny that you called out that part of the book because I'm pretty much halfway through the book right now. And that has been my favorite thing in -hmm. that whole book has been that exercise Mm -hmm. because a lot of people journal, like they do the future journaling, but they're writing it down in like you know full paragraphs. But Mm -hmm. the book kind of had it that you're writing down a list. And like for me, that just resonated a little bit better. Because it felt like a little bit more real, because I always have a to do list. And I feel like it just, for other people, it's going to also resonate, like just the formatting, which sounds silly, but I don't know. That has been my favorite part of the whole book. Mm -hmm. Because I think it's such a powerful exercise because it lets you think okay what do I want to be doing at 7 a.m what about 8 a.m it like literally breaks down the day and mm-hmm. then I remember say, like okay now you're picking two activities from that list and you're going to implement them tomorrow and mm-hmm. it really makes you think okay can I even implement them or why haven't I been implementing them like if I can you know mm-hmm. so I think that was such a powerful point that the book made
0: mm-hmm on top of that, so there are times where, like, I'm work where I am working on it, and I'm getting there, and then sometimes that frustration or that imposter syndrome comes back. And I actually have this post note with a quote from the book that I read and remind myself. So what's it's, the quote? So it says, "I am enough. I love myself the way I am, and at the same time, I'm working to improve."
1: I love that. I have a sticky note, but mine is short and sweet, and it just says incremental progress. So. And there's a star and that's it. So it's short and sweet.
0: <laughs> I think we need those reminders. And that's why I, I love posts. I've learned to love posting notes because those reminders just really help you continue pushing through on those times where you're just struggling or you need that inspiration. You just look at something that you wrote down or that you've read that mm-hmm. inspires you. And it's just a quick pick me up and you can get right back in the game.
1: Yeah, the other method that I also love is whenever you think you can't, achieve something, or you're going just like through a tough day, just reminding of other tough, like, harder experiences that you overcame. And that's when if you did journal, it's a good time to kind of like look back. And because you're thinking, okay, well, if I did this, that was so much harder, then why can't I do this? Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great way to build up your confidence, especially on a day that you're feeling down on yourself and that imposter syndrome is kicking in i think it's just a great way to kind of remind yourself of who you are and really like how far you um you came
0: so getting into what you do and dmc strategy so can you explain what a personal brand is and why everyone should have one
1: so i feel like we're in 2023, almost 2024. And having a personal brand is so important. Because I was I said this in a couple of posts of mine, whether you are intentionally building a personal brand, or you're not, you still have a personal brand. Your bio is a brand at the end of the day, it is part of it is portraying who you are. So let's build one that's intentional instead, that is actually going to serve you. That's pretty much my point because if you're going to have one, regardlessly, it might as well be something that you're proud of. Your Mm -hmm. personal brand is pretty much your online reputation. So how back in the day, you know, you worry about your reputation, your reputation, your online reputation is just as important. And having a personal brand can open a lot of doors, really cool opportunities, it can lead you to meet a lot of really cool people connect with a lot of cool people. And people at the end of the day, want to buy from other people, they want to feel like they know you they want to feel like I'm I connect with that person because we're similar, or, you know, she likes the same things, or she just she is someone that I would trust with my business. And when people see another person, like as the front and center of their brand, they're most like they're more likely to invest in your business. If you were just for example, a logo or just a business, when you connect with someone when you connect with their values and their story, then that's really when you can really build something that is powerful. And it's harder to recreate. So when you're infusing your story, and you're really creating a personal brand, it's hard to have someone copy your brand, like precisely. Yes, of course, people can copy your brand, but not exactly because, you know, it's your personal brand. It's you, like Mm -hmm. you are the brand. So I think it's just it's what's going to really set yourself apart from everybody else. And we know the market is oversaturated. We hear this all the time. So it's really going to be your personal brand, your story and your values. That's what's going to really set yourself apart from everybody else.
0: So if someone were starting a brand today, what are three ways or three things they should focus on?
1: I say, obviously, social media is a huge piece of it. But instead of, focusing on all social media, I would say pick one or two platforms, but pick pick them strategically. So you have to think, I where do I think that my target audience, my target customer, where are they consuming content? If it's LinkedIn, then focus on LinkedIn. If it's Instagram, focus on Instagram. If it's TikTok, focus on TikTok. You have to think about where really like your ideal client is consuming content. And that's where you want to be. Because a lot of times I see a lot of people trying to be on all these different platforms. And they get overwhelmed because it is a lot. I'm not on every platform because I mm-hmm. simply can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm one person. So <laughs> I pick I pick and choose my battles. But I think a lot of people it's very easy to feel like you have to be all over the place but then you end up being all over the place so I say be strategic be strategic pick one or two platforms and really stick to those and just basically like do two platforms but well be consistent I'd rather you be on one platform and show up five times a week than show up once a month on every single platform because you're not doing anything consistent and you're not actually building a brand. You're just posting aimlessly. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely one thing. And the other thing is you have to be very clear about your brand values and just kind of like, why are you doing this? What are you solving? What problem are you solving? Um, what is going to set you apart from everybody else yes obviously your personal brand and how you do things everybody does things a little bit differently but how can you solve a problem that maybe someone else hasn't done or what kind of spin are you adding on to you know to your business so you have to be very clear about why you want to do this and who you're trying to serve because ultimately you once you start creating the content that's what's going to really like drive the content you have to understand who am I speaking to? What am I doing, and why am I doing this for?
0: So we had pick one platform,
1: mm-hmm. click
0: clear brand values, and what was the third thing?
1: Um, I would say, I would say just kind of, I would, I would do some kind of like research. I would research what everybody else is doing because it's good to just un- get a better understanding of what's already been done what's working what's not working and you can use that as examples and like look at people that are far like in their journey that like have been doing whatever you want you're trying to do for a while because a gets really excited because you're saying you're looking at the opportunity you're thinking oh this could be me one day but B, you can also start using their method and see how they do things and then apply it. But with your own um, with your own twist to it.
0: Mm-hmm. How do how does someone create their own brand values? How do they figure what that what what that is for them?
1: Well, I go back to personality and just kind of like the values that you believe in and you were raised with. Um, so that's pretty much how I always did it. I always valued my culture a lot. So for me, a lot of them have to do with my Italian culture. Mm-hmm. Um. One brand value for me is being able to build a life that I'm not always like working, but also like being able to have, whether it's work life balance that you're calling it, but being able to really not live to work, but work to live. Um, I think that's something that's instilled in a lot of European countries. And I think it's very different um, here in America. I think it's starting to become a little bit more popular now after COVID. But um, that's something that I truly believe in because you can, you know, you can work and make all the money in the world. But if you can't enjoy it, then what good is it? Um, so that's something. So I feel like you just have to like dig deep. And again, journaling is great. Um, something you, your values have to be aligned with who you are, but also who you want to be, you know, who, like, what do you want to be known for? So I think it's just it's going back and digging deep, like, okay, why am I doing this? For example, I always say I love social media, because it helped people and it still helps people that maybe don't have a lot of money start a business and speaking for myself i know if like, social media social media wasn't a thing i wouldn't have had my own business because i wouldn't have had the money to market my business so i always say social media in a way like leveled the playing field for a lot of entrepreneurs because i feel like we have this wave now of entrepreneurs because social media gave us the possibility. So I always say that. So I'm like, okay, yes, it definitely has a lot of its downsides. But um, that's one thing that I always, I always said I'm so thankful that um, social media exists, because it gave a lot of people opportunities to break those generational cycles, and really to kind of do something that maybe they didn't think would even be possible.
0: And you share how in your business, you help people create their own personal brand?
1: Yeah, so we go through those all those exercises to really um, understand what they're doing, why do you want to do this? We really refine on overall their branding, their messaging, their positioning, their visual aesthetic. Um, I think to me, that's the fun part. I love going through people's visual aesthetics because it allows you to really um, play up with their personalities and their interests. And I feel like that's really like where you can have fun with that. So I love doing that personally. So for example, my brand is very travel inspired. So everything is travel inspired. My um, podcast, it's Passport to Thrive and I love the beach. So I have a lot of blues in my branding. So that's really where like that, all that came from but i love really like using people's personalities and coming up with a, an idea that is unique to them um, and making something out of nothing it's something that like looks good and is really going to connect to connect with someone um, then we go through basically social strategy um anything from crafting either the linkedin or their instagram their bios they're setting up their profile understanding content pillars all of that
0: (laughs) so super random final question yeah if you could only pick once if someone were visiting italy and you can only pick one city that they could go to what city would it be
1: okay so i'm gonna with a main city like a big city i'm gonna go with florence i loved florence but um i'm a beach lover and my favorite place is in Calabria it's called Tropea I went there like used to go there growing up and I go there every year so if you're looking for a good beach I love Tropea it's in Calabria it's in southern Italy so that's my all-time favorite place but if you're looking for a bigger more touristy city then I would say Florence and okay. the food is amazing in Florence
0: I can only imagine <laughs> so as we're coming up to the final uh to the final of the podcast I have three final questions for you Mm -hmm. that are that I ask every guest and it's based off of the title live love and grow so I'm gonna have one question for each category so Mm -hmm. the first question is what advice can you share about how to create a life that leaves a positive impact on the world
1: I think it's just it's focusing on who you want to be and what do you want to be known for? And not just being online, but also with your daily conversations and I always say it's so much nice. It's so much easier just to be nice and pleasant than to, you know, not be. So I always say, okay, if I can do something and have like a, even like a little conversation with someone that is maybe like working and maybe like I'm shopping, like you never know like that, like a small conversation like that can really like make someone's day. And I've always been like that. Like a lot of times, like someone says something to me, and I'm like, wow, that was really nice. Like it makes you feel good. Um. So I think, just like doing like little things I feel like a lot of times go a long way
0: what are some practical ways people can cultivate self-love
1: I would say affirmations and journaling does help a lot um again a lot of people aren't into it but it really does help and Mm -hmm. especially if you're a lot of people don't feel comfortable saying them out loud But I think and I'm one of those, I don't don't love saying them out loud. I'm more of like, I write it down. But I also to me, I feel like when you're writing something down, it makes it feel a little bit more concrete and Mm. a little bit more real. And it's kind of like, okay, I wrote it down. I feel like it's true because I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. So I think a lot of people say like, oh, you have to say them out loud. I personally don't because that's not something I'm not comfortable doing, but I'm more of writing it down. And I feel like once I write something down, it's, it feels real.
0: What strategies or practices do you recommend for people looking to enhance their self-awareness or self-reflection?
1: Okay. So I always say entrepreneurs are very much self-aware because you kind of have to be self aware to be an entrepreneur. Um, But I think reading, reading and just listening to self development podcasts has really like changed so much about how I view things, because it just makes you aware that maybe what you're feeling, other people are feeling and say, Okay, like, I go through this wait, other people go through this too. How can I, I identify it and be how do I deal with this so I think just like reading and just listening to different podcasts has helped me just become more self-aware because it has helped me just identify and kind of like pinpoint when things like go through my head or whenever like I'm having a bad day I can say oh yeah like I've I go through this all the time but a lot of times if you're not educating yourself you kind of just are going with the flow but you're not able to really like pinpoint okay these are thoughts are actually coming up for me why am i going through this how can i better myself you're not you're just kind of like going through your day. but when you're listening to a podcast reading a book however um you want to consume content i feel like it's just easier to at least understand that there that something's going on
0: Mm -hmm. how can the audience connect with you
1: Um, You can find me on LinkedIn or also on um, Instagram.
0: And how can the audience support you on your journey?
1: Just follow my content, follow along. Um, I also have a newsletter. I have my own podcast called Passport to Thrive. And if anybody has any um, questions, I'm very uh, much open to DMs, uh, messages on LinkedIn.
0: Awesome. Uh, So I just want to acknowledge you for you taking the time out of your day to come here on the podcast. And I really appreciate uh, our connection that we've had over LinkedIn. And uh, I want to specifically point out that when I first posted that I was going to do a passport, um, do um, a podcast, you are the first person to say, hey, I want to be on it. And I just want to say like that, (laughs) that honestly made me feel so good. Like, Oh, wow. Like I've actually doing something and I just want to show. Oh, Thank you.
1: Thank you. I love that. I didn't even know I was the first person. I think I genuinely was like, Oh yeah, it's a podcast. And it's about self-development. I want to be on it. Um, But I'm glad that um that comment made, you know, made your day.
0: Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the choose to live, love and grow podcast. I look forward to seeing you next week. Don't forget to live, love, and grow to be the best version of you. Oh, and one more thing. If you or a young man that you know suffer from victim mindset or are not reaching their fullest potential, then visit mattfandora.com to see how we can work together to become the best version of ourselves. That's mattfandora.com. The link will be in the show notes and don't forget to subscribe. Thank you and have an outstanding day.